Somebody save Lukas Dostal from the overuse, please. We'll talk about the last three games and some changes in the roster. Let's hit the music. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering minor league hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And a reminder that this podcast is free and available across all platforms. Don't forget to check me out on Twitter at StimpyJD or follow the shoe on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. We've got a lot to get to on today's 499th episode of this very podcast. So we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Let's talk about the games that was, which was the last week of goals games. And folks, this was not pretty. If you're a fan of conserving your goalie, this isn't for you. If you're a fan of the goals winning, this isn't for you. But we've got to talk about it because we just have to be honest here. The goals, they're slowly falling apart little by little. So let's start with what happened after last week. So remember last week, Lukas Dostal had that goalie goal, made the news, made Sports Center. It hit all the news. It was really cool to watch. Then everything fell off completely after that point. Going back to the second game against the Colorado Eagles, they, they got curb stomped. They just got beat badly. Despite the fact that Daniel Regan got a power play goal, after that it was all Colorado. As they scored not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six. Six goals in a row. Dylan Sakura, Kiefer Sherwood. Yes, that Kiefer Sherwood, his 26th of the season. I bet goals fans are missing him right now. Ryan Wagner, Justin Barron, Andres Wingerly, and Jacob McDonald all scored consecutively. That made it 6-1. to one. Poor Lukas Dostal was right in the thick of it. His save percentage just plummeted at that point. He had to be relieved by Ole Eriksson Ek at that point. You knew it was over as soon as that sixth goal was allowed and Ole Eriksson Ek was on the ice for that one. You knew it was over. And that one was a power play goal for the Colorado Eagles. And here's how they did it. They scored a power play, a power play, a shorthanded goal. Three even strength goals. Eek. That looks bad. If you're the San Diego goals and you allow that, you've got to think to yourselves, why, God, why? <sighs> and then it got better for the goals after that because guess who scored on the short-handed side again? Charles Robinson. Oh, I'm sorry, Buddy Robinson. But I've been instructed by a certain someone to call him Charles Robinson. I remember that because apparently Buddy Robin doesn't exist, right? Does Buddy Robinson exist? Apparently not. The silence in the other room says, no, Buddy Robinson does not exist. So Charles Robinson got a shorthanded goal. Then Bryce Kindop, he got in on the action. That one I did watch the replay for because that was just a swipe. Bryce Kindop was right along the edge of the blue line and just freaking swiped the puck away. I, I feel bad for Baron and Fontaine because that should have been a goal for Colorado, but turn around the other way, a shorty for the goals. So, hey, that made it somewhat close. That made it 6-3 to three at that point. Maybe some fans were panicking because, hey, the goals could come back from a five-goal lead, right? Uh, maybe. 
because just a minute into the third period, Jacob Perot, he scored on the power play. Oh, by the way, Jacob Perot's back. And I do love that they had that power play unit out there. This was on a weird four on three because there was a lot of penalties going on. You had Hunter Drew in there. Then you had Mikhail Maltsev in there. They each got two minutes. And then Stefan Matteau got two for tripping. So it was a weird four on three. But when you have Vinny Letary, Danny O'Regan, and Jacob Perot all in the same line on the power play, you bet they're usually going to score. And they did at that point. And the puck movement there was brilliant. And then late in the game, Dylan Sakura scored, cementing the game for the Eagles, making it 7-4. So, hey, positives. The goals almost came back from five goals down. They made it a two-goal game. It, they made it somewhat close. They're kind of mirroring the Anaheim Ducks, scoring three in a row, making the home team panic just a smidge, and maybe giving Ole Eriksson Eck a shot at a victory, but no. Kiefer Sherwood with three points on that one. Yeah, Kiefer Sherwood, that Kiefer Sherwood. One of my favorite interviews ever. The game after wasn't much better for the goals. And this saw Lukas Dostal starting again. Now, at this point, I will point out, I thought Ole Eriksson Ek was going to get a start. I thought, okay, Dostal's played a ton of games. He's played a ton of minutes. It's a back-to-back. Surely they're going to rest Dostal, right? <laughs> no, no. That did not happen. Dostal started... The bakery, unfortunately, was open early. Jacob McDonald scored very early in the game, followed by Gabriel Fontaine. And then Stefan Matteau on the power play again. But Dostal stayed in the game after that first period. In second period, he stayed in too. Third period, Dylan Sakura scored another goal, his 20th of the season. So at that point, it's 4-0. It's early in the third. Surely you're going to pull him now, right? Nope. Stayed in for the whole game. Despite the fact that Alex Lamoche, who has been great this season, scored in the power play, it was not nearly enough. Colorado easily won, running away 4-1. to one. But that wasn't the unfortunate highlight of the game. There was an unfortunate highlight, and the, this did result in some fines. There still could be a suspension. Um, Hunter Drew abused the officials. He got a 10-minute misconduct on that one. So the word is still that he's probably going to play. He's just going to get a very large fine. Well, large in AHL terms. So Hunter Drew did get thrown out of the game. You know, it, it just sucks. That was just a sucky situation at that point. We have one more game to talk about. A game that took place last night in Stockton. But first, this brief word from Bet online which is where the game starts and folks basketball is coming down to the wire the nba playoffs start next month march madness is already starting the brackets come out in a couple of days so if you want to check out the latest props odds and lines head over to betonline.net because They have you covered this season with all of it, including March Madness. And of course, you have the NHL winding down. Stanley Cup playoffs are starting in a couple of months. So once again, if you want to check out the latest lines, then head over to betonline.net, which is where the game starts. BetOnline is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. 
Welcome back to episode number 499 of this podcast. It's Goals Thursday. It is Locked On Goals, which is under the umbrella of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and we've got another game to talk about, one that took place last night, and it would have helped out Ontario Rain fans last night because Ontario played host to the San Jose Barracuda, and the San Diego Goals took on the first place in the league, Stockton Heat, a game important for all sides because San Diego is barely clinging to that seventh playoff spot. And also, if Stockton had lost, Ontario would have jumped into first place. Even with a point, Ontario would have jumped into first place if Stockton had lost last night. So let's get right into the action. It looked good right away because I'll admit I was watching this game upstairs in between intermissions and in between breaks between that game and the game taking place on Ontario. And I saw the Bo Grew goal take place early on in the game. Well, I saw both goals in the first. The Bo Grew goal, that was a very nice shot from about, I'd say about the slot, high slot area. Nice feed, by the way, from Alex Limoges, who, as I've mentioned time and time again, has been brilliant this season. Good cross-ice passing going on on that particular play. I liked the play from Brendan Gooley on that particular goal. Jacob Perot got the secondary apple. Alex Limoges got in there, but Bo Grew still getting it done. His seventh of the season as a San Diego goal. But then a minute later, San Diego came right back and played piss-poor defense. That That's what happened there. The defense just fell asleep. Itu Tuola scored his ninth of the season. I could tell you what happened here. The defense broke down on the blue line. Stockton easily came in, and there was hardly any active stick going on there. So it was, it, they just fell asleep. That's really what happened. Trevor Carrick, he fell asleep a little bit. Axel Anderson, Greg Prince, they all just completely went, <sighs> that's what happened. So it was tied 1-1 to after one period. And in the second period, I thought, well, surely this will be a good period for the San Diego goals. And it started off that way. Brent Gates, a nice little slapper from about inside the faceoff dot. He just got a perfect pass from Greg Prince. And Brent Gates had it right on his stick and just slap-shotted it right past Dustin Wolf, making a 2-1 to San Diego. At the time, I thought, whoa. Ontario's winning. Stockton's losing. We could have a flip in the standings. And then I was thinking, wait a minute. San Diego is winning and San Jose's losing. This might really help San Diego in the playoff picture. That's what I thought at the time. And then two minutes later, Jacob Pelletier scored, making it a 2-2 tie for the Stockton Heat. Third period was pretty much... Stockton doing what they've done all season long, and that is shoot high danger shots. And they got plenty of those in the third period. Pretty much all of Stockton's shots, as far as quality shots, were right there in that slot area. San Diego, they couldn't get anything past Stockton's pretty stifling defense. There was maybe two or three good attempts from San Diego in that entire third period. But that was it. Everything else was near the blue line or near the red line or along the point. It just was not good. Then we had a very tough penalty against the San Diego goals. Cody Curran got nailed for cross-checking. In a game that didn't see that many penalties, that was the killer. Jacob Palete scored his second of the game, 18th of the season, 
power play goal made it 3-2 Stockton. And after that, Stockton just took over, held the puck, played perfect defense, and they played keep away. Walker Deer scored, and then Pelletier finished off the hat trick. And as I was watching that hat trick occur, Jake, or sorry, Luca Dostal just got out of the ice, and Jacob saw an opportunity and he skated, he just darted past the San Diego defense slash offense and did a little bit of cherry picking there because that's what Stockton does sometimes. They cherry pick. And that's how he wound up with the hat trick. And yeah, he did one and he does celebrate quite a lot. And we saw all of about six or seven hats in front of a raucous crowd of 1,083 at Stockton Arena. Yeah, a raucous crowd of 1,000. Sorry, that was an announced attendance of 1,083. It looked like there was about 400 fans there. Let's be real here. But nonetheless, Stockton gets the victory. 5-2, to two. and at the same time that happened, Ontario lost in overtime. So Stockton keeps their stranglehold on first place in the league. But more importantly, with the San Diego loss and a San Jose win, that seventh spot started to get pretty tight because San Diego has 40 standings points right now. Tucson and San Jose each have 38 points. So we'll do a quick look ahead San Diego is looking a little bit perilous because they've got games against Bakersfield and Ontario this coming weekend. And then they have a game against the Henderson Silver Knights. This is a tough schedule for the San Diego goals. Bakersfield right there towards the top of the standings in fourth place. Then you have Ontario in second place. Then you have Henderson. They're right in the midst of things as well. So if you're San Diego, you've got to win at least two of these games to have a decent shot because Tucson is at 38, San Jose is at 38. Both of those teams are only, only two points back in the standings. If we're not careful, San Diego could miss the playoffs altogether. And this is further plagued by the fact that Anaheim has a slew of injuries, and this is partially locked on Anaheim Ducks talk. But we have two Ducks that were placed on the IR this morning. Ryan Getzloff and Jakob Silverberg both went on the injured reserve this morning, and that means the Ducks had to recall some guys because brilliant minds that the Anaheim Ducks are, they didn't bring nearly enough players on this road trip that they're on right now. In fact, looking into tonight's game, if the players don't get to Nashville in time tonight, we could see the Ducks playing a little bit shorthanded. I think it'll end up being another 7D game. But hey, guess who got recalled from San Diego? Our good old friend, Charles Robinson. It, is, is that allowed? Can I say Charles Robinson? Yes, sure. So Charles Buddy Robinson got recalled from San Diego as well as Danny O'Regan and Vinny Letary. Our good friend of the program, John Broadbent, he called this right. As soon as I saw his tweet last night, I said, he might be right here. He might have this right on the money. Because I figured Robinson and at least Letary would be called up. And he said, no, Oregon as well. Well, he called it. So those are the three guys that the goals are going to be without for these important couple of games. You have Danny O'Regan, who's been great at forward. You have Vinny Letary, who has been up with the Ducks already this season. 
and now you put in Buddy Robinson, another top forward, that would be the only way that the Ducks would skate 12-6 tonight is if they called three forwards, and at least they have that extra forward now just in case someone else gets injured in the Ducks road trip. The Ducks still have four games left in this road trip. They have Nashville, then the New York trifecta of Islanders, Rangers, Devils. These are important games for the Ducks because they're hanging on by a thread. But these are also important games for the Gulls because they're hanging on by a thread as well. So this is perilous times. This is scary times if you're both a Ducks fan and a Gulls fan because both teams are definitely in danger of missing the playoffs altogether. And that would not be good for development. That wouldn't be good for the team either in the NHL or the AHL level because you want to have some of those guys have some kind of playoff experience moving forward. And if none of the rookies or none of the prospects get that experience, then it's going to hurt them even more later on, which I think is why it helps Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale last season is they had that extra time in San Diego and they had those extra quote-unquote playoff games last season having that intensity of playing up, up in Bakersfield. So without those games, it's going to hinder their chances at moving forward. It hurts guys like Jacob Perot, hurts guys like Braden Tracy. That's what we need to see in order for this Ducks team to further along their rebuild. So let's see what happens this weekend. The goals are assuredly going to call up some guys from Tulsa. So we'll see who they get in some of their moves as well. All right, we are going to head into the second intermission and talk about Lukas Dostal and the poor boy needs some rest. We'll talk about that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked on Gulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, the home of all Buddy Robinson talk. I'm J.D. Hernandez, and I'm joined on this final segment by the host of Locked on Rain sometimes, because this is the minor league variant. It's Sarah Avampado. Sarah, how are you doing? I find it hilarious that you keep trying to tell me that Buddy Robinson's a real person. Buddy Robinson is totally a real person. Sorry, Buddy Charles, would you prefer I call him Charles Robinson? No, that doesn't change anything. He's still not real. Yes, he Char- is. Charles is just dressing like dressing up like you just put a different trench coat on the three beer leaguers. Okay, f- fair enough. So I'm having you come on because we've both watched a lot of minor league hockey recently. You have been here in SoCal watching the Ontario Reign and seen Matt Volalta just mm-hmm. start game after game mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. game. And we have something in common with our goalies. Lukas Dostal starting pretty much every game for San Diego and Matt Volalta starting pretty much every game for the Ontario Reign. And I know this is part of your region when you're in Chicago, but Connor Ingram also being run to the ground. He's got the most games played of any goalie in the American Hockey League. So talk to me a little bit about some of these players just getting run to the ground right now, it seems like, right? Well... So, from the rain perspective, it's interesting because this was maybe the first year in a while where they actually had the goalie depth to not have to have Matt Villal to play all of the games. Um, and 
unfortunately Garrett Sparks is injured or something. Um, he left one game early once and hasn't been seen since. Uh, and so that has left Villalta with kind of a rotating cast of younger players, guys who are newer to pro hockey, uh, guys who have mostly been playing in the ECHL, uh, who, you know, could very well be good goaltending prospects for the Kings. We just don't know yet. But Villalta has had to shoulder more than his fair share this season because their plan, uh, as usual, ha has gone out the window. And the Kings are no stranger to that. I mean, look at how many games Cal Peterson repeatedly played in the AHL when he was down there. Um, he was almost always the leader in games played or, you know, shots faced with the rain because they didn't have goalies. Now let's look at the goal side. A couple years ago, you had Anthony Stolarz in that same situation. Stolarz would start pretty much every game unless you had someone like Jeff Glass taking over. And this season, you have Ole Eriksson Ek, who hasn't been as good as they would have liked. He hasn't quite fit up to the promise that the goals slash ducks were hoping for. And Lukas Dostal, I have to look this up. He has played in 13 consecutive games for the San Diego goals. You didn't think it was that many games, did you? That's a lot of games. That's a lot. Should they just rest him for now? Well, it's, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's, an, it's, do you trust Erickson X slash whoever is in the pipeline below him? The, as you talked about earlier in the show, the Gauls are in kind of a weird position of, a, you know, a, a further longer slump is going to push them out of the playoff picture. So do you keep riding your goalie who you know is good in hopes of, you know, climbing back up, you know, realistically for his own development and health and whatever, he should be rested. But is the team going to make that decision if they think they can get more games out of him to help the team? And and that's the really tough part about it is Dostal has struggled mightily in his last three games. He's not going to win in his last three games. His last win was when he scored that goalie goal. But realistically, it's been kind of on, on again, off again. You've got to rest your main goalies if you're going to succeed. Whereas, and I'll throw it back to you because you've seen a lot of this, the Chicago Wolves, they've had more than one good goalie. They're very capable of having multiple goalies just come in and shoulder the load, as it were. So I'll talk for a minute about what's going on with the Wolves right now in comparison. Yeah, the Wolves have used, uh, quite frankly, an insane number of goalies this season. Uh, they are currently, I'm, I'm pulling it up just to make sure, they have used eight different goalies this year. Uh, and that certainly was not the intention at any point in time. They started their season out with two goalies, one newer to the AHL, one veteran guy who has some NHL experience, whatever. Uh, they had a third guy who they assigned to the ECHL who had been really good in the AHL the year previous. But they just, you know, there's only enough space for two guys at that level. Um, and then, of course, injuries happen. Uh, the NHL happens. Uh, the Hurricanes have Auntie Ranta and um, Frederick Anderson as their goalies. Uh, Ducks fans know all about Freddie Anderson. Uh, neither of those guys are particularly good at staying healthy for a whole season. So the number three for the Wolves has had to spend a lot of time in the, in the NHL. Uh, the taxi squad thing complicated things. At one point, the Wolves were playing games with two guys who had literally never played in the AHL before. They'd been career ECHLers or below. Um, 
and at one game they had like an e-bug essentially that's what i was gonna say like didn't they have like a weird e-bug situation yeah, there, at one yeah point? There, there's been a couple the, there were a couple games where they had like an e-bug as the backup because they couldn't get anyone else uh the situation in goalies was so dire at one point for the hurricanes wolves organization that the Hurricanes signed one of their top goalie prospects, Jack LaFontaine, in the middle of his college season. He had one, he was in like his fifth year of college, like because of COVID and everything, like eligibility was extended. So final year of college eligibility, uh, you know, performing very well. And they lured him away from the NCAA to go pro because they had literally no goalies left. Uh, and so he, you know, got basically got like jumped into the NHL in like right after signing. Um, he's in the AHL now. And now they have another kid who came over from the KHL after his season was done, uh, who is one of the top goalie prospects in the league. And so now the Wolves are basically trying to work with like a three goalie rotation. It's it's it's. It's complicated, but it's also a really great problem for them to have because they know they have three goalies who at any time can come and win a game for them. And the guys below them, the ECHL guys, have now gotten enough experience in the net there that they're like, all right, fine, let's throw this guy out there. Cool. Yeah. And kind of the converse, I guess, part with the Ducks, you said like Carolina's had their goalie injuries and they've had mm-hmm. to go through guy after guy after guy. And the Ducks are kind of slowly, perilously getting to that point where John Gibson might not be 100%, because you and I have had this conversation, John Gibson's getting played a lot right now. And there was a thing that came out from Jay Fresh saying, well, John Gibson's not an elite goalie. He's done poorly his last eight games, but he's getting played a lot. So now it's a situation where the Ducks have to rest John Gibson, maybe put him on injured reserve, maybe, because we don't know what's going on. You could see Dostal back with the injured. We haven't talked about that. Dostal started 13 or played 13 games in a row, and he also played in the NHL prior to that as well. That's the only reason there's a gap in the streak is because he had to play a couple of games in the NHL. So realistically, he's played something like 15 games in a row, including the National Hockey League. This is a big problem, isn't it? If you're the Ducks, what yeah, the hell? He needs a nap. You think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Gibson needs a taser and Lukas Dostal needs a nap. 13 games in a row. So if you're the goals, if you're San Diego... What would you do? Would you go ahead and give Erickson Eck at least a couple of starts? Because they got some big games this weekend. They got Baker's, They got Ontario this weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're San Diego, what do you do? Do you push Dostal as far as you can start in both games? Or start Erickson Eck against Bakersfield or Ontario? What would you do? i give Erickson Eck some more games. Because at the end of the day, Dostal's your starter. Sure, fine, great, awesome. But... If he implodes, either due to overwork or to injury or whatever, like, there goes everything for the Gulls. So they need to have confidence in the guy behind him, and you got to figure it out eventually. And the only way you're going to know if he, he can play at that level and be good for you is if you start giving him games. And they'll learn very quickly if they have to be like, well... Great, now we got to find a- another competent goalie, but... Trial by fire. Like, just put him out there. So let's play armchair GM before we head off. Yes. Which game would you rather play Erickson Eck against? Would you rather see him play the Bakersfield Condors on Friday or the Ontario Reign on Saturday? So I know the conventional wisdom in hockey is always you give your lesser... I can't, there's, that's probably a mean word, but like you give the goalie you don't trust quite as much the worst team and then your better goalie gets the 
better team. But I like the inverse of that, of giving Eric Sinek Ontario, because it forces the team in front of him to play better. Because when you have a goalie like Dostal, who especially is playing like 8,000 games, the team can get lazy in front of him. I mm-hmm. like I don't watch enough goals games to know like so I, I'm not saying the goals specifically, but just hockey in general. Teams get lazy when they know what their goaltender does and they know, oh, like you know, Jonathan Quick's back there, he's gonna be fine. Like I can cheat on this play. Uh, so if you know you're playing a harder opponent, why not give that game to you know, a goalie who it's not like you don't trust him, but you need the team to actually do their jobs in front of him. And so he gets that game. Um, Dostal gets the game against Bakersfield where maybe the team won't be quite at their best. Which will be know. interesting because the last time Dostal was in Bakersfield, was it, um, it was bad. Well? R- remember remember one of the last times that Dostal played in Bakersfield? Remember what happened? That was a playoff game oh. last year. Oh, That was the overtime game. Oh. And the time before well. that, we're going back to November 13th of this season. That was a game that San Diego lost against Bakersfield, and Dostal got that start. So I'm actually considering putting Erickson Eck yeah. against Bakersfield just because there might be some demons there. So Yeah, that's I mean that that is hockey is such a weirdly superstitious sport anyway, that even is. though like the rosters for both teams have have turnover, you still are like Ugh. But there's still some of this there's still some yeah. of the same guys. Yeah. Especially in Bakersfield, who doesn't have as much turnover. As most other teams, you still have Cracknell, you still have DeHarnay, you still have like a slew of guys that were there last season. And having those memories, like that mm-hmm. can get to a goalie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I didn't think it would happen this season until I saw that game. I was like, ah, crap. Like Dostal, <laughs> Bakersfield again, yeah. even this season. It kind of got to me a little bit when I saw that game. I said, oh, poor Lukash. Like, I, I hope the best for him. But I don't know if I would start him on that game. Yeah. I don't know if I would. Yeah. Not that I don't trust him completely, but those kind of memories can haunt you. Mm-hmm. You know, both overtime losses, that game. Yeah. E-e-e. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and goalies are such weird creatures that either, like, it's one extreme or the other. There's no in the middle. Like, either it is something that he might still be, like, lingering thinking on when he gets back on the ice there, or he's, like, a goalie who, like, the second the game is over, it's like it never happened and he forgot all about it and whatever. Like, it, who knows? Right. And I'm going to go the conventional, like you said before. I'm going to go conventional. If it was me, I would start Erickson Eck against the Bakersfield Conference. I want to see Ole Erickson Eck get a shot. At Bakersfield. A legit shot. And hope that he does well. And I want to see Dostal versus Vilalta at Pachanga Arena this coming weekend. That could be a fun, fun game to watch. It would be entertaining as hell oh, yeah. for the fans oh, yeah. there. And like you said, you want your best goalie against a better team. That's where I stand. Mm-hmm. I, I like your reasoning for the inverse of that. but And like, I mean, that, it's definitely a, like, you have to know your team. You have to know... Like, it's certainly not a strategy that's going to be successful for every team against every opponent. But I I think there is some merit to, like, not just going by the... And and it also kind of holds true for back-to-backs as well, of which goalie do you give the first game and which goalie do you give the second game. And sometimes the the conventional wisdom, you need to flip it on its head a little bit. Yeah. So before we go, I will point out that Ole Eriksson-Eck did start the last time these two teams met. 
And you know what happened? Erickson Eck got run. Mm. The rain scored those four goals, and then Dostal came in and shut the door against the rain. So if the goals have any chance, yeah, I was not Dostal against the rain, but all good reasons as to like why it could be one or the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see these coming games in the AHL because we're only six weeks away. It, it's coming up. Unbelievable playoffs. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that'll do it for today's podcast. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you coming on once again on episode number 499. I have a feeling that you'll be around for tomorrow's episode because it's kind of a milestone episode, isn't it? I So I've been told. Yeah. Yeah. This is 499. Tomorrow's 500. I I still can't believe that I've talked about this franchise 499 times. (laughs) You're you're looking at me with a look. I I will refrain from commenting. Save it for, for tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So tell all the fine folks where they can find you on the socials and all that jazz. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. If for some reason you want to hear about the Los Angeles Kings, you can find that at Locked on LA Kings on Twitter. Of course, the podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. On Wednesdays on Locked on NHL, I am one half of the Western Conference Wednesday team uh, with Jess, Jess Belmosto of Locked on Calgary Flames, uh, where we talk about all the Western Conference nonsense. And if for some reason you want to care more about, uh, well, you're AHL fans, so you're going to care a little bit about the AHL. If you want to care about the Chicago Wolves, you can find uh, my writing for them on Kane's Country as part of SB Nation and really mostly just yelling on Twitter. Thank you once again for that. Really appreciate it. Yeehaw. Um, <laughs> yeehaw. My Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You can find this podcast and all the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. They're free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Odyssey. Uh, is it in Spotify? Is Spotify even working right now? Yes. Yeah, okay. It was so. down for like two hours. <laughs> so Spotify... Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, among many others. Smoke Signal. Do we do we include Smoke Signal there? Maybe. What else do we include? Morse Code, Ham, ham Radio, um, Psychic Astral Projection. Astro. Oh, Astral Projection. Okay. Yeah. So that means that you get to see it as well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe they're visualizing what's going to happen. Anyway, <laughs> thank you all so much. I very much appreciate it, Sarah. Thanks once again. Yo. Yo. <laughs> For lock for myself and Sarah Alpato, for locked on goals. I'm Jason JD Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another and ducks and gulls fly together. Kaka kaka. Are, are you gonna do it this Not time? This time. Not this time. Kaka kaka. Have a good day. Bye.